Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. Today's episode is super exciting because not only is it our 20th episode, but it's also our very first guest. One of my OG clients turned friend and all around badass human, Jessica Principe, the founder of All Girl Shave Club. A self-taught product and e-commerce entrepreneur, she embodies the quote, she believed she could, so she did. Armed with a passion for business, a creative idea, and Google, she self-funded and launched All Girl Shave Club, a women's shaving subscription service and online boutique. She believes in having big, bold dreams and chasing them fiercely. Her greatest passion is teaching others who want to start and grow their subscription box businesses too. She lives in beautiful Southern New Hampshire with her husband, TJ, and their two boys. In her spare time, you can find her at the beach, reading a great book, or hiking with her family. Jessica, I am so excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. This is my favorite podcast. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So let's give our listeners a little background into All Girl Shave Club. Talk to us like when and why you started it. How did it all come about? So the idea kind of came to me in the shower of all places, but I always joke because that's where I get my best ideas. That's where I'm alone from, you know, the chaos of two little boys and a puppy and a husband. So it's my only kind of like private, quiet thinking time. And so I knew I had always wanted to start a business. I just didn't really know what exactly I wanted to do. And so I kind of remained open to different ideas and different possibilities, but nothing really felt right until that day. I was getting ready to shave and I just thought to myself, I was about to steal my husband's razor because his was better than mine, always had fresh blades and was sharper. And I thought to myself, man, you know, there has to be a better way. There should really be something like this that's designed for women that have has high quality products that are going to be just as good, if not better than his products, but also something that would be fun and feminine and unique, you know, make this process a little bit more enjoyable. And so the idea just kind of started to take shape in my brain right then. And I went right downstairs after and started to do the research to see, you know, how could I make this a reality? That's so awesome. And It's really funny that you had the idea in the shower because I bet thousands of women now probably think of you when they are in the shower because I know that I do every time I'm shaving. Is that weird? (laughs) If I had a dollar for every time somebody (laughs) said that to me, I would be a quadrillionaire. (laughs) Yes, I think so. I don't know how many zeros that is. So You and I, we've talked a lot about your business, obviously, and you've always credited your pre-launch process as the catalyst for the business you have today. Can you walk the audience through what that looked like and why you think it's so important? 
Yeah, I definitely think that pre-launch is the number one thing that set me up for success early on. And basically, it doesn't feel super sexy when you're thinking about it. When you're thinking about launching a business, you think about like the fun packaging and the product and all of the marketing and all of that. But really, pre-launch is the foundation. It's the most important thing that you can do to set yourself up for success because there is where you test product market fit. You make sure that There are people that are going to want to buy, which you have. And it also prepares a built-in list of buyers. So when you're ready to launch, you have people that are lined up and ready to buy that product from you. So to do pre-launch, basically, I just created a very simple landing page. It was just a one-page website, basically, um, that had a little bit of information about the product and the experience that I was hoping to provide my members. It had a mock-up, a photo of the products. It was a terrible photo that I took in my bathroom (laughs) corner. It was just awful, but it did the trick. And it gave people an option to opt in, to leave their email address, to be notified when we were ready to launch. And that was just kind of a way to build up that list of people that were looking to join the subscription when it was live. So I really, really think it's so important, no matter what kind of a product business you're looking to launch, I think it's really important to do a pre-launch and to test the market before you invest a ton of money and resources into making your idea come to life. You want to make sure that people will give you an email address. If they're not going to give you an email address, it'll be hard to get them get them to pay you. <laughs> right. Yes. And I love that one, you're building your email list from day one and you know how I feel about that. That's how we first connected was over email How did you get them to the landing page? So that's a great question. A lot of people ask me all the time, well, were you already a blogger? Did you already have an audience to drive traffic to this landing page? And the answer is no, I was not. I was a regular mom, regular wife, just doing regular people things, right? So I like to say um, when you're first starting out and you're just new to building your list, think about where you're already visible. So I built up some social media pages, obviously Facebook and Instagram were the two that I used. And I had the link to the landing page everywhere on that page. But I also promoted it through thinking about where I was already visible with my target market. So for me, I was looking to connect with moms, busy women who wanted to have a a level of self-care with their grooming routine. And so I thought, you know, I'm part of a mom's group on Facebook. And we were kind of talking mostly about childcare and babies and things like that. But we also started talking about our personal lives and becoming friends. And so I shared with them what I was looking to do when I was thinking of launching my business. And they were kind of excited. They became like my big cheerleaders, kind of invested in my idea. So when I released that landing page, they were all really excited and eager to share it. And the other thing I wanted to mention is I incentivized that landing page and signups with like a a social share feature. So if somebody were to sign up to the landing page, then they were taken to this reward page where they could earn rewards for sharing it with other people. And so that kind of built in, I don't want to say it went viral, but it kind of built in like that virality effect where it organically was shared over and over again in all parts of the country. I love that. And word of mouth advertising is not dead. Even though we're in this online space, like it's still a thing. We're, it's just the medium is a little bit different, but people are still talking to each other about the products and businesses and brands that they love. And it's still something that I think we kind of forget to just do the same thing you would do offline in real life on the internet. It's not that 
different. So I love that you talked about that. And you recently, because I may have or not made a big purchase, but you recently (laughs) just held a big shave butter sale, which ladies who are listening, if you want to try the most amazing and deliciously scented shave butter that's going to actually make you want to shave, you need to try Jessica's shave butter. You led up to this so well because I was waiting in my inbox for the email to come when I knew the sale was open and I could make a purchase. Would you say that you kind of took that same pre-launch approach with this sale as when you started your business? Definitely. So with the sale that you're talking about, I offered an opportunity for my email list and my social media followers to opt in for um, a special early access insiders list for this sale. So they would be notified first before everybody else when the sale went live and they would receive an exclusive discount on the shave butter before the sale was even live to the general public. So it kind of like created its own little like excitement around it, the X factor of why they would want to opt in. And it gave them the opportunity to like self-identify and say, yes, I want to be a part of this sale. I want to be notified. I'm, I'm all in. And that way, when I was able to launch that sale or when I sent that email to that list, they were ready, they were waiting, and the sale <laughs> produced the biggest results I've ever had in any of my sales. So it was definitely a strategy that I would encourage people to try and to use over and over again, for sure. Yeah, I love that. So whether it's a sale or a new product or a new collection or even around a specific holiday, like this is that same sort of concept that you can just rinse and repeat in your business. It's so good. You're right. And the other thing too, is we did this with our shine girl, our first shave kits for the young girls. We were about a year old before we launched that product. And we did the same exact strategy. We put together um, a landing page talking about what that product was going to look like, how it was going to function. And people were able to opt in and say, yeah, I really want to be notified when this goes live. So definitely it's very versatile. I love it. I love it. So the other part of this conversation is what it's like to thrive in a crowded market. So when you first launched All Girl Shave Club, you were really like the first one to do this. And I remember when you and I first started working together, that was kind of right around the time when all these other big companies were popping up and they had VC funding and you couldn't scroll Facebook without seeing their ads. So (laughs) as a self-funded company... What were some of your first thoughts when you started to see those ads pop up in your feed? You know, it's so funny that you mention it because I was one of the first ones to market. There was another smaller company and the first year or so it was kind of easy coasting along. We were, we didn't have a lot of competition, but I noticed, um, I didn't really even know that it was happening until all of a sudden something just started to kind of go a little bit different in my business. I wasn't trending. um, The growth wasn't trending as high as it had been that particular month. And I thought, what is going on? Like what's happening? It was around November. So it was a holiday-ish type season. So it should have been continuing to climb and it wasn't. And I remember when I found out why, because there was a new competitor and, you know, they had raised millions of dollars and they were really trying to take over the market or a large market share. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm 
done. I'm done. Like I literally just curled up in a ball and cried on the couch for like three days. <laughs> I did. I couldn't even function. I was so upset. I thought for sure this was the end. And I remember talking to a trusted mentor and friend after I was able to really pull myself together. And he said to me, you know, the way I see it, you really just have two options. You can either try to go toe to toe with them. I can teach you how to raise money and do all of those things, or you can carve out your own niche and you can continue to serve your customers the way that you want to. And that was really like a pivotal moment for me because it was when I realized, yeah, I'm not going to just roll over. Like we can still survive. There's room for all of us. You know, this world is not a place of scarcity and limits. We can compete as well. And I started to get really clear on what my definition of success is for my business and also what was the audience that I was looking to serve and what was going to be that unique selling proposition that was going to make us stand out against the competition. So those two things were really important. Identifying what my version of success is because my version of success is different from theirs. Like I wasn't trying to take over the razor market. I wasn't trying to build a business and acquire hundreds of thousands of customers even if that meant going into the red just so I could sell my company and make a lot of money. That wasn't what I was trying to do. I really just wanted to be able to earn income in fulfilling ways for my family and to be able to provide an alternative product to women who are looking for something a little bit more luxurious. And all of those things combined, it was about really focusing on what I was trying to do and staying in my own lane and not worrying about what the competition was trying to do. And then the other piece of that was understanding who my customer really was and how we could serve her to the max, you know, why she would want to come to our company versus one of the alternatives and getting really clear on that. Oh my gosh. This is like music to my ears. I think it's so important to think about what are we building and why are we building it that way? And it's really easy to see what everyone else is doing and feel like, oh, I want a business like theirs and, oh, I'm not growing as quickly as them. But if you really sit back and think about what does it really mean to have a business like that? Do you want investors that now you have to answer to and now you're more of an employee than an entrepreneur, right? You don't get to just take a vacation whenever you want. Do you want the responsibility that comes with having to build a team to support a business like that? And I feel like unless you go into it with that intent, it's unlikely that's what you really want from your business. Definitely. So yeah, I love that we're talking about that. And even in my own business, you know, I kind of started this business by accident. You're one of the reasons why that happened because random meeting in a Facebook group, you know, I kind of thought my business was going to look one way when I started it. And I started creating that and quickly realized like, Oh, that's not really what I want it to be. And I was able to pivot very quickly, which was amazing before I got into deep. So I think it's just all the strategies and tactics and all of that that I love to talk about, they matter, but knowing where you're trying to go really matters too. Absolutely. That's a really good point because we can get in that, well, I call it business creep where we're like, oh, she's doing this and she's really successful. So I should be doing that too. Or I need to add this product to my lineup because that's selling really well over there, or it looks like it is. So we need to focus on what it is that we're doing and stay in our own lane. 100%. And you know what? Sometimes 
it looks one way on the outside and it's probably not what you think on the inside. You don't actually know what's going on there. So definitely being really clear about what success means to you, focusing on your customer has really helped you thrive. And you just had a record-breaking month in your business, right? Yes, we did. It was so exciting. (laughs) So growth is still possible. Even if you're in a crowded market or a category where there's a lot of big players, like it's still possible. There really is room for all of us. And you just got to, you know, keep plugging along and identify what it is that makes you unique. I love that. Is there anything strategy and tactic wise, because we do like to talk about that here, that you've done in the last few months that you think really contributed to that? Like I said before, I think it really starts with those foundational things of getting very, very clear on what it is that you offer that your competition doesn't or can't offer as well as you can for us. People love supporting small business and love supporting women-owned business. And so that's definitely something that we are able to promote and to be able to focus on in our marketing messages that, you know, we are small business, we're women-owned and, um, you know, you're more than a number to us when you come and when you do business with us. So thinking about those things that you can do that will set you apart. And then for me, tactically, uh, from a marketing standpoint, Facebook ads have been really, really effective in reaching, you know, cold audiences and new audiences that may have not heard of us before. And this was not really your first foray into Facebook ads, but do you think that it's sort of like the better results than you've seen in the past? Absolutely. We have had many experiences with Facebook ads that have not gone as well as this year. And I think that that's attributed to not knowing what I'm looking for when I'm running those ads and being really clear on what these numbers mean and the results and cost per acquisition and all of that. You've got to be really, really confident in those numbers before you start to scale your ads or grow them. Right. I love that you tried this. It didn't work. Well, it worked, but probably not. It wasn't great, but you didn't really let that deter you and you came back and tried it again, which I think is really important because it's super easy to be like, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. Now you become like afraid of it and you completely write it off as an option, which is not always the case. Oh my gosh. I can relate to that. I was there. It took about a good year before we tried again. It was really hard. You know, that feeling of that gun shy, like, oh man, I was so burned before I lost so much money. Like, I don't think I can recover again. If I have to do this again, like what will my business look like? How will things land? But this time around, I was able to find a Facebook ads coach that really was able to be very genuine and hands-on to really teach me what I needed to know. So that's another thing too, is getting learning from the very best. (laughs) Yes. Getting help. None of us can do this alone. Like we really can't. So surround yourself with the people who get it and are on the same path with you. Invest in people who have been there before and can give you the shortcuts. You know, not everything has a shortcut, but some things do. And that's really, it's just priceless, right? It's a long-term investment in your business. And I've already in the short time that I've been running e-commerce badassery, like I've already invested in the people who have done it before. I've run a lot of product businesses, but service businesses are different. Like it's just (laughs) different. So I feel like fish out of water completely. So it's been really great to have a little guidance along the way. 
it's so exciting. It's just a true testament. Everything that you've done and accomplished in your business that like you don't have to have a huge budget to make things successful and how you can use being small to your advantage. That's your leg up. For sure. And it took a long time to realize that. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're not alone in that one. I don't think so either. (laughs) Yeah. So I have some specific questions. This is my first interview. I hope to do more of them to bring just more experiences to my audience. And I kind of want to make sure I always touch on these two things because I feel like there's a lot of bullshit on the internet that talks about how e-commerce, you just throw up a website and run some ads and like overnight you're rich. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just not how it works. And everyone who listens to me knows that I like to keep it real. So I would love for you to get a little vulnerable with us. And what has been your biggest failure in all girl shave club so far? There have been many failures. Like let's not pretend, (laughs) (laughs) but I would say one of the biggest things that comes to mind when you ask me that question is early on, not paying attention to my margins and not really understanding the importance of that. So in the beginning, I was so caught up in the excitement of launching this business and all the people that were on my lead list and my pre-launch list. And I was just like, you know, all buzzed and excited. And there were times where I would be like, okay, cause I'm a subscription box, right? So I have other products with the razors in some instances. And I would say, oh, you know, let's just add an extra item here this month. Or I just want to make this experience so, so great for them. And what's another dollar going to cost, like really matter in the end and those types of things. And what ended up happening was my margins ended up being so, so thin that at the end of the day, there really wasn't much left over to grow my business or to invest in those things that we need to grow, like more inventory or Facebook ads or whatever that is. And so I would say that being very, very careful of managing those margins early on and understanding those numbers, even if you're not a financial person, you got to get really comfortable with those numbers because it's a slippery slope if you let it go without really staying on top of it. Yeah. And I think so many of us forget what actually goes into running a business and running a product-based business, right? Because it's not just the product, it's the packaging that you have to put it in and it's the label that you have to stick on it and it's the shipping cost and it's the shipping cost of getting it to you from the manufacturer and all the time, energy, and effort. Like you actually had to create a product. You weren't just buying and reselling someone else's. So there's so much that goes into that. And even in my own business, I was like, okay, I need to outsource all of these things because I only have so much time to do them. And then a couple months in, I was like, okay, wait, I'm spending a lot of money on these things and had to sort of recalibrate how I was using my resources. And I was like, how do I get more help for the same or less money? So I think it's important that we kind of check back in with ourselves 
on that stuff on a regular basis. I would definitely agree. I don't think that this is a linear thing. I think that this is definitely like a more cyclical, like we have to be constantly thinking about how we can improve our margins, how we can, you know, most efficiently do the things that need to be done or what our team needs to look like. I think we need to always be checking in on that for sure. Yeah. So on a more positive note, <laughs> Yay. Yes, let's get positive. What has been your biggest success in your business so far? Definitely being able to leave my nine to five job and replace my income early on about a year in, I was able to do that. That was the first biggest success. That was the biggest win because it allowed me the freedom to be home, to work from home, um, prioritizing my family around my business and around my working hours. So that was a huge win. And the next win is just kind of newly developed. So you heard it here first. (laughs) Um, We're able to actually retire my husband from his landscaping company. Yes, he owns a landscaping company. He's a firefighter full time, but he owns a landscaping company on the side. And we just ran the numbers and confirmed it all up. And next year, he's going to be able to retire that company and come work for me full time or not full time, but against his his firefighter schedule, doing all of our logistics and warehouse management. And I'm beyond excited about that. (laughs) That is so amazing. I love that. You know, I hear so many stories about these female founders who create businesses and are able to retire their husbands and all of this stuff. And that is definitely a goal of mine. My husband has a business, but he is not location independent at this point. And so I would love for him to get to that place. And if I'm the one that has to do it, like that's cool too. Uh, (laughs) And we don't have children, so we don't have to worry about that. So that's inspiring. And it makes me feel like I can do it too. You can do it too. You can. I never in a million years ever thought that we would be here. And it's just, it makes my heart so full. I'm so grateful. Oh, I love it. And I will say, After this, when you go and follow Jessica, because you should, and we'll give you all the ways to do that. And she posts pictures of her and her family and they're just joyous, you know, (laughs) like you could just see like the light radiating from them. Um, And it's really, it's just really refreshing to see. You're so sweet. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) One of these days we may, if COVID ever ends, we may get the opportunity to meet in person, but we're only virtual friends at this point. Anywho, I'm getting on a tangent. So lastly, if you could give my audience one thing to take away from today's episode, something that they like 100% need to go implement in their business, what would that be? I would say definitely looking at where you can add a subscription component to your business. I think that every e-commerce business, I think we've talked about this too, should really have some form of recurring revenue, whether that's a product or a membership of like a VIP membership of some kind, just identifying how you could create recurring revenue in your business. So in some instances, that could be like a curated subscription box or just look at your bestsellers. What are people buying over and over again? What are they coming to you for? Or is there a product that would complement your current line that's maybe consumable that they would need to have replenished on a regular basis? So I would say definitely start there, start thinking about how you can incorporate some recurring revenue to your business and work backwards into your pre-launch. You already have an audience. So work backwards into your pre-launch and implement some of those strategies we talked about earlier. 
Yes. I love that. And I understand that now, you know, so you've built up all girls shave club and now you're sort of helping other entrepreneurs do the same thing. Right. And you have something special for our audience, right? Yes. If you are looking to add a subscription box component to your business, I would definitely love to offer you my dream to launch checklist, which is a checklist that goes through all of the steps that you need to take to launch your own subscription box. Oh, I love that. Where can (laughs) they find that? Yes. That's at jessicaprincipe.com slash checklist. Oh, easy. We will have the link in the show notes, of course. For those of you who don't know, I had a subscription box and I spent way too much time, honestly, doing the research instead of taking action, probably because I was just being a little scaredy cat. But there was nobody out there with a checklist at that point. I really wish I would have had one. (laughs) Yes, this checklist truly is thousands of hours put into a 12-page checklist for you. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Sometimes, you know, you're too early and you have to kind of figure it out on your own. So I think now is a really good time because people get it more. Customers are totally into it. And who doesn't want recurring revenue that you don't have to do any extra work for? So I am so grateful for you and tell everyone where they can find you. So you can connect with me on Instagram. My handle is Jessica underscore Principe. You can also find me at jessicaprincipe.com. Fabulous. And we will have those in the show notes. So guys, if you've been thinking about adding a recurring revenue model to your business, which I know you have because you've told me in the e-commerce badassery Facebook group, grab Jessica's freebie. She is the real freaking deal. And until next time, e-commerce friends, I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.